0: Let's turn together to Hebrews 11. So we've covered a lot of ground in the last several weeks. Um... And we come to the end. So some weeks we've done like one verse at a time, and other weeks it's been maybe two or three. Uh, we'll we'll cover a lot more than that. But that's kind of the way that the um that the author of Hebrews does, he gets to the end. And he's like, Look, I just don't have time to keep giving you examples. You know, I wish that I had time to write about this and this and this and this. Um and, and he kind of just he's throwing out these names and these occurrences that would have have naturally connected some dots for his readers, and um, he gets to the end, and and really, I think by this point, he's like, okay, you you get the point, like, you understand what I've been doing, kind of generating this, and um, the entire chapter is just devoted to uh, those who have gone before uh, us, and them, and those who had lived by faith, walked by faith, uh, in the midst of difficult circumstances, in the midst of things that were confusing, uh, really, focusing on what God had promised uh, the character of God, uh, really just being confident that that God really is he's, he is who He says he is, and he 's going to do the things he said he 's going to do, um, and that, so we can confidently move into the unknown, uh, regardless of what we see you know we don 't see the next moment and we a lot, sometimes don 't even see what god 's doing in the present moment, but still we keep walking forward, we keep moving ahead, uh, we live a life that 's not that's not driven by what we see or what we feel. Uh, We live a life that's driven by greater things, uh, who promises about God's character and what He's he's doing among us, that He has made to us. And so we live connected to something larger than ourselves. And so the whole chapter is going through just examples from the history of God's people, of folks who really believe that, and they lived in such a way that, um, that that was very evident. And so in verse 32... Became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had promised something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Um, So I don't have a very uh, organized, you know, group of points tonight or whatever. Uh, this would be a little more of just kind of me saying stuff or whatever. So um, so you might just have to listen and jot some things down if you're a note taker or whatever. It won't be as organized as I've tried to be uh, lately. Because I think that he gets to the end and I think it's he's like, it's just like steamrolling, you know. I think uh, and I don't know this for a fact of course but I almost feel like the writer of Hebrews maybe was kind of just pumped by this point, you know. Like you can hear like the Maybe just some of that emotion that's driving. Like, after thinking about all, these, all the patriarchs and all these folks who had gone before him and, and how they had walked by faith, and he's like, I wish I had time to get into all these things and all these things and all these things. And it's almost maybe like a freight engine that's like, you know, like running away from him a little bit, you know. Um, and, and I think that, that there are some things that we can grasp here that can kind of sum up, uh, kind of bring to a conclusion some of what we've been talking about. Um, if, if you look. So verse thirty-two has has the names of folks in there, and uh, at one point I thought about going through each of those names and talking about those things, but I really think the that the point of it the point of the passage is it's it's not to spend tons of time on those names. At the point of the passage is saying, I wish I had time for that, but I don't. Like I want to because I want to get to these other things. If you look at verse thirty-three, so thirty-two had these names of these people and uh, just some of his examples in verse thirty-three. Says who through faith conquered kingdoms, and really everything everything he's about to list falls under under that that heading of through faith this happened you know so through faith they conquered kingdoms through faith enforced justice through faith obtained promises through faith stopped the mouths of lions through faith quenched the power of fire through faith escaped the edge of the sword through faith were made strong out of weakness through faith see what I'm saying okay um so really all these things that have happened. None of them happened uh, through them like being self-reliant. None of those things happened because they were just like awesome leaders or awesome people or, or whatever. Uh, these stories about God leading people through these situations, they made it through those things by faith, and not by sight, and not by emotion, and not by circumstance. They made it through faith, and that's why they're being referenced here. And so I think one of the, one of the points that maybe you might want to write down is this, that, that there isn't anything significant that happens in our lives apart from faith. Like it's, in terms of like what's real and true and good and like who we really are, like, the, like real life as God has, is revealing to us, um, there isn't anything significant that happens apart from faith. So through faith they conquered kingdoms, through faith they did this. Same thing for you and I, through faith we make it through these different things uh, that, he, that we're facing. So if we, if we are, uh, to go back to, in, in the chapter, you know, Enoch, we talked about him and how, it just says that he walked with God, that's all we really know about him. Um, he walked with the Lord, and so we're walking with the Lord, there's this relational connection that we have to, to God, uh, that we could not have be, like apart from Christ, okay? so Jesus comes to the earth're about to go in, into you know, the season of advent where we we celebrate and focus on his, uh, him leaving heaven, coming to earth uh, because of what he did in the incarnation and his perfect life and in his sacrifice and our faith in what he did on the cross and raised from the dead, and uh, like all you put all everything about the gospel. Um, now we're able to walk with God. We're able to have this relationship with God, uh, and that's—it's kind of hard to grasp sometimes. You know, I'm—I'm I'm in that same camp. You know, it's not like that. It always makes sense to me what that means, but um, I know what the Bible says. I know that. I know what the scriptures are just constantly attesting to, and that's the thing. Saying, okay, when you place place your faith in Jesus, you come into a a, a relationship with the God, you know, Creator of the universe, God. Um, and so you learn how to walk with him, you learn how to bring him into your life, you learn what it is, and so you're walking with him, like just like you walk with another person, like side by side, going through life. So he's kind of side by side with you, he's also kind of out front of you, uh, he's leading you forward down, down this path, uh, he's also coming behind you, uh, sort of uh, like... I don't know, if you mess something up, he kind of comes in and fixes it, you know? Like, he's kind of in your wake a little bit, like, mending and repairing and uh, taking your steps of faith and using it in other people's lives, like we talked about last week. Like, you don't ever know how he's going to use some, like, your step of faith to connect with someone else, to bless someone else, to draw someone close to him, to show someone else his kindness and his goodness. And so he's, he's out front leading us, he's next to us, walking with us, he's behind us, taking what we have done, good or bad, and making beautiful things come from it. Um, so uh, like David the, in the Psalms, he, he describes it like this, like you hem me in, you know. Like you're, um, this a terrible thing I just thought of, but we're like, it's like a ravioli, you know, like you got like the meat or whatever in the middle, and you have like the dough all around, it's like pressed all the way around, you know, you're a, you're a Jesus ravioli, that's what you are. Um, he's, he's around you, he's in front of you, he's behind you, he's on the sides of you, he's above you, he's below you, he's, you're completely encompassed in Christ walking through life because of what he's done. And so, so we're walking with him, we're following along after him, and there isn't anything, nothing of significance happens in your life apart from... Faith. Apart from trusting him. And so you're going forward and you're going forward and you're, you're trusting him as you encounter these things. All the things that are listed here, um, conquering a kingdom. There's a group of people or a particular person that got to a point when this God's He's in front of them. He's saying, Come on, we're going to conquer this kingdom. And they're like, I don't, I don't know about that. And he's like, Don't forget, I'm also beside you. Right? I'm going to be I'm going to go with you as you conquer the kingdom. So I'm going to lead you, from the, lead you forward. I'm going to be with you, in, you know, in, empowering you. I'm also going to come behind you and make sure like everything's okay. So you just need to keep moving forward and trust me that I'm hemming you in completely. Uh, through faith they conquered kingdoms. Through faith, uh, enforce justice, obtain promises, stop the mouths of lions. All these things that these folks were led through, none of them happened apart from faith. And it's the same thing for you and I. That it's uh, it's 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 how we live in Christ. You know, you don't you don't get to a point where you're like, all right, I guess I guess this is one of those times when I just have to live by faith. Like, no, that's if you get to something you're like, well, I guess this is one of those times I have to live by faith. Then 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 we're missing what a relationship with God looks like. That every step that we take, it's one foot in front of the other by faith all the time. And so if, if the statement that I made earlier that says uh, that nothing significant in your life happens apart from faith, I think coupled with that is the idea that there aren't any insignificant things that happen in our lives. Now we, There are things we would dub as insignificant. But God doesn't look at our lives and be like, oh, that's not really that important, that's not really important, but this, like this is like a major thing, you know. You can live by sight. You can live by emotion. You can live by circumstance, and those things. But when it comes to these these parts of your life, you really need to live by faith. That's that's not what the Bible describes. The Bible describes every every step that we take, whether we deem it significant or insignificant. It doesn't really matter. All of those things are happening by faith. Um, there are times when, uh, like the, like I've talked about this before, like in regard to prayer. How um, I think that there's a part of us that that. That feels like prayer is should be reserved for just like the really like big things that we're going through, you know, um, and so I don't know. You hit something major, and you like we run to the Lord in prayer. But then when things that we we determine to be a little bit more minor and not all that important, we don't really pray about them all that much. And um, the a while back, I don't remember when it was. It all runs together now, but we kind of like I talked about the song "Jesus Take the Wheel" um, and how. That's like a theological model for a lot of people. You know, if you go through the lyrics of the song, um, which I don't know. Them, but uh, all I know is there's a point in the song where it says, like, I can't do this anymore, Jesus, you take the wheel, you know. And how, I don't think a lot of people would be like, no, that's no, that's the, I've adopted the theological model of the song, Jesus Take the Wheel. Uh, but in a practical sense, that's how we live, where we're like, I'm, I'm going to drive, I'm going to... I'm going to be in the driver's seat of my life, uh, and then when things get really crazy and I just can't control it anymore, then I'm going to ask Jesus to come in and, you know, as my co-pilot type person and take over. And uh, That's a very small view of who God is if that's our approach. You know? um, God's not, he's not like one of those like super busy people that you know that you don't want to bother him unless it's like an emergency. He's not, that's not how he works. Um, but in a practical sense, in our prayer lives, a lot of times that's how it is. We pray about the big stuff. We don't pray about the small stuff. Now, I'm not saying, have you prayed about what you're going to have for dinner? I'm not saying like that necessarily uh, would be the application of how to not do that. But, but, man, there's so many things in life where we don't even we don't even bring the Lord into it. We don't even ask what he's thinking. We don't, we don't live in such a way, uh, a lot of times... Uh, that shows the fact that we trust Him with all of our lives. You know, we tend to, to have faith with the big things, but maybe not all the smaller things. And the, uh, from Jesus' perspective, there just aren't... It's not this big big things, small things, like di- like division of life. You know? It's like your life is your life. So who, who are you to determine if an action, if a step of faith is a big step of faith or a small step of faith? To you, it might be a small step of faith... But what about when he comes behind you in your wake and uses that to, like, I don't know, save someone's soul? Would you then say it was a big step or a small step? Well, then you would say it was a big step. But at the time, you thought it was a small step. And maybe the whole time, maybe Jesus is like, quit trying to differentiate between big steps and small steps, and quit trying to, to um, live by faith in some areas and not other areas, and quit trying to eliminate the need for faith in your life so much. You know, quit trying to, to like, overthink things and break everything down and have to understand it logically like you're trying to vacuum faith right out of your life. Because we were designed to live by faith. Like He built us to need Him, to want Him, to trust Him. And so, before we were formed in our mother's womb, He knew us and He made us to to be reliant on Him. So we we were built to trust. We learned fear. You know, we've learned mistrust. And so walking by faith, with Jesus in, in front of you and coming behind you and around you and just completely surrounding you, that's learning, learning to really be who we really are. We're learning to be the kind of trusting, loving beings that he made us to be in his own image. Um... And for a lot of us, we have to learn how to shed that mistrust and all our fears and our anxieties and our worries. And that's why following after Him is this lifelong pursuit. We can't microwave it, you know. There's no shortcuts to it. Like it's, it's steady and it's, uh, it's what's you know been called by Nietzsche of all people. He didn't call it about Christianity. He called it about something else. But uh, a long obedience in the same direction. You know, there's. There is this steadfastness and longevity about it. And, and so that's what we're doing. We're learning to do that. And we're, and we're learning the fact that, that there really aren't any insignificant things. And so all of, all of life, not just the major stuff, all of life are steps of faith, steps of faith, steps of faith. It may seem huge to you. It may seem small to you. But whether Jesus is... Whether you're thinking in terms of him out front, or him alongside, or him coming behind, uh, there isn't anything insignificant that happens in the kingdom of God. It's all being used and all being orchestrated. Our deal is, let's be obedient, let's follow him forward. And so, these things all happen through faith. Now, this is obviously a list of major stuff, right? These are major events in the the lives of these people. Um, All of them happen through faith and so because because Jesus uh, has the power to do anything right, each of those steps that you take or I take or these people took're all of them are they're, they're nothing to him they're nothing to him and I don't mean nothing like they're insignificant or they're like whatever I mean it's like I think. Well, look back at the text. Look at 33. All right, so all these folks who, who, who through faith conquer kingdoms, all right? From Jesus' perspective, he's saying, it's, it's just a kingdom. What's a kingdom to me, the king? It's mine. Now, so from a human perspective, we're like, probably, like, oh my gosh, that's a kingdom. Like, how who are we going to conquer a kingdom? He's like, oh, no, it's just a kingdom. Enforce justice, okay. Bring your righteousness into the world. Like, oh, how 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 are we ever going to do what's right and just in this situation? He's like, well, to me, it's easy. It's natural. That's how I made things. I'll show you. That's his perspective on it. Obtain promises. You know, maybe maybe pointing to the settlement of the Israelites in the Promised Land. You know, like they they made it. You know. Uh, So maybe the whole time they're like, how are we going to take this land? And from Jesus' perspective, he's like, it's my land anyway, right? I'm giving it to you. I own it. Everything's mine. Okay. Stop the mouths of lions. He's like, oh, don't worry, they're just lions. No big deal, right? Probably talking about Daniel. He's like, all right, Daniel, don't worry about that. They're just lions. I made them. I own them. I control them. They work for me. Now, maybe Daniel was not quite as confident as Jesus was in that moment, but Jesus has this perspective on things that he's leading us into, and he wants to share that perspective with us as we're walking forward. It's just a lion. Quench the power of fire, okay? Probably Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. So don't worry about it, guys. I know it's a crazy, crazy hot furnace, but it's just fire. What's the worst it can do to you, right? I've seen the worst it can do, you know? So don't worry, it's just fire. I'm bigger than the. I'm greater than the fire. Don't worry. I made it. It works for me too. He has this perspective. It's just a sword. It's just weakness. It's just war. They're just foreign armies. Verse thirty-five. Women receive back their dead from by resurrection. He's like, no, it's just death. I'm like what? It's just death. Yeah, it's just death. I, I, I conquered it. Remember? Remember? The... I won. <laughs> I'm over it I like I'm like over it I'm over it. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life all right that that's indicative of something deep, you know You're like go ahead and torture me, you know why because when when I wake up from this, whether it's like here or in the afterlife, it's better. Jesus is better He's better than anything anything you could offer me or any sort of Whatever, it's fine. That's perspective. Uh, 36, others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. You know, he's like, it's, it's just a physical beating. Which is not to say that that's not terrible. I'm not sure it was terrible. I mean, look at the next thing. They were stoned, they were sawn in two. You know, it's like, don't worry, they're just going to cut you in two, that's all. No, that's horrible. That was horrible to go through. But there's something greater you know? That's the thing. Is sometimes I think we, we lose we lose perspective on the, the greater things because we're so focused on our feelings and our circumstances and the um, what we're seeing. It's hard for us to trust in a forward sense. And that's what he's getting at. He's like, look, all these people, they made it through these situations uh, by faith and not by sight. And they didn't let their fears win. They didn't let their insecurities win, they didn't let their, all the uncertainties that were just surrounding these situations, they didn't let those things win. Um, So Jesus has this perspective and he looks at us and says, I want to share with you my perspective on what I'm leading you into and how I'm going to join you in it and how I'm going to use it afterwards. I want to share that with you. Um, He doesn't always share everything. Because that's the, the unknown part about faith, right? But sometimes all, he'll say, all right, here's, here's all you need to know. I'll never leave you. Okay. That should be enough for us to keep going forward. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always. I'm like, All right. I'm going to say, I've, I've gone to prepare a place for you. I'm coming back for you. You place your faith in me, you will live forever with me on a new earth. I'm making everything new. I'm going to share it with you. You're going to have to put up with some ridiculousness on this earth. I'm going to lead you into some things that are probably going to be rough and terrible. The world you live in has been completely crushed and uh, fractured by sin and you've got to live there. And I'm going to take that ridiculous world that you live in. I'm going to bring a lot of beauty out of it through my church and through my people. I'm going to use that beauty in the midst of all these ashes to draw people in. All these people I'm going to draw in. We're going to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever on this new earth. It's going to be okay. So you put up with however many years on the earth. You just, put, you just need to put up with it. But don't lose sight of what's greater. You walk by faith, not by sight. Everything's going to be okay. Okay. And so through faith, these folks made it through crazy stuff. They also made it through very normal days. And that's you and I too. Some days are super normal. Some days are crazy, crazy, crazy. But every one of them are filled with one foot in front of the other, walking by faith, following Jesus, walking with Jesus, trusting Jesus is coming behind you, knowing who He is, that He really is who He said He is. And He's really doing the things that He said He's going to do. And then everything is going to be just fine. And so, uh, we were made for this steady walk of faith. Um, Here's the thing. Look at verse 39. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Okay, what, is, what does that mean? Well, in, in 39, when it says they did not receive what was promised, all these folks that have been listed, everyone that's gone before us in Christ, none of them have received 100% of what's been promised to them yet. That's what he's saying. He's saying it wasn't 100%. There, and I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but just, it wasn't 100%. They received some of it, and they made it through. And you know, what that, you know what that tells us? It tells us that making it through trials and suffering and crazy days and crazy weeks and crazy years and difficult relationships and, and heartbreak and financial stuff and things with jobs and things with kids and things with whatever, and, and making it through is not the point, is not the goal. Now... We want to make it through, and we will make it through, and we need to strive to make it through. But that's not thats not the goal. If it was the goal, then all the folks we've studied all throughout this chapter, they would have received 100% of what was promised. They would have... Like, that would have been their reward. So if the goal was for Daniel to get through the lion's den without the lions eating them, on the other side of that experience, he would have been heaped with all this reward. And be like, here you go, here's 100% of, of whatever. And it's like, no, that's not the point. Because after the lion's den, you know what? Other stuff happened. Probably a lot of normal days. And some crazy days, too. So making it through whatever you're going through right now is not, that's not the goal. It's a goal. Okay? But it's not ultimate. It's not the one goal. Verse 40. Says, Since God had provided something better for us. Alright, spoiler. Alright, no spoiler. It's coming. Uh, Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Alright, so here's, here's what, what this is saying. Alright, um, right now, all these folks we've been talking about, are with the Lord waiting for like the big finale. And they're not all up in heaven partying, hanging out and whatever, because that's not that's like heaven is the new earth that he's going to make. And I don't want to open up a can of worms, but you just need to trust me with this, that heaven is not us on a cloud with wings and a harp floating around at the like most huge and like the longest worship service ever, that's not what heaven's going to be like. So if you hate long worship services, okay, there you go. Uh, that one was that one's for, one's for free. Um, the heaven will be Jesus and his bride being reunited. And there will be a, uh, we stand before him uh, and he rewards us or does, or sends us away. Uh, depending on if you are a Christian or you're not a Christian. And you are rewarded, and a part of that reward is you get this body that has not been affected by sin, will not grow old and die, will never get sick, has no no jealousy, no bitterness, no uh, battles with forgiveness, um, no sense of lust or pride or insecurity or anything else that has like, wrecked these cages that we're in. You, you get to live forever on a new earth where there's no impact of sin that has happened at all. And that event is going to happen with you and me and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and uh, uh, Rahab and everybody that we've talked about. It's all going to happen together. And so they're waiting on us. Their souls are there, right? They're being kept with the Lord. And if you have... People that you are close to who have who have passed away and they're Christians, they're there as well, and they're waiting, and we're all waiting, and this is gonna be this big deal that happens, but this chapter is pointing towards something. Saying it's not about it's not about getting through the lion's den and the fiery furnace and conquering kingdoms, it's not about all those kind of things. There's something better that he has for us. If there wasn't anything better, he would have already rewarded us here and now. But he's saying, no, the, the, the reward, the ultimate reward, is forward in time. It hasn't happened yet. And so, uh, so they've gone before us, and now we're here, and we're, we're here, and we're going for it, and we're walking by faith, and we're walking by faith. And all this is happening. And if you look in the next chapter, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses... All right, all those who have gone before us, this great cloud of witnesses, those who they've they've been in in the boat, you know they've had to learn to walk by faith they've had to learn to become who they really are they've had to learn how to shed those fears and insecurities and all those worries um, and all the mistrust of everyone and everything and including themselves they, have to, they had to learn how to shed that and to Follow God forward in their lives, whether they could articulate it this way or not. They had to learn to follow Him and to walk with Him and to trust He was coming behind them. That they were hemmed in and everything was going to be fine. They've they've been there. They understand. Uh, they are championing us. The imagery here is it really is. It's like a it's like uh, like there's this athletic event going on of some sort. There's a race that's happening and there's all these folks who are, they, they're retired runners, you know, and they're sitting there in their stands, they're like going, yeah, we know what it's like, we know how hard it is, we know how difficult it is, you can, you can make it, you can make it, and trust me, this is where you want to be, because that reward that's coming, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome, it's going to be worth it, you follow him, you walk with him, you trust he's coming behind you, you don't worry, you learn to trust, you, you hang in there, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is before us. Saying, look, all these folks who, I mean, they made it it to, like, the first part of the goal, which is to die, you know? Sounds so weird to say it, but isn't that the goal? Like, Not the ultimate goal, but it's the next step for us. We're walking by faith, walking by faith, walking by faith, and one day we're going to pass away, and we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. So, what do we do? We do what they did. And I was just captivated by the word also in verse 1. Let us also lay aside every weight. You know what that says? It says all those folks they they had to do this. They had to lay aside those weights. They had to lay aside the sin that clings so closely to them. They had to deal with their baggage and they had to to shed those fears and concerns and the sin that clings so closely. They had to they had to push through that what idolatry and pride does to us as it just breaks us down. And so let us also do what they did, which was. Humble yourself and let the Lord do with your life what He made you for. Let us also do that. So, if you want a steady life of faith, you know, if you want to be someone who doesn't it's not you know, like streaky. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I live by faith in the big areas of life, but not all of them. Or it's like only when things get really bad. You, know, you don't want to be a Jesus-take-the-wheel kind of person in regard to faith or prayer or any of those kind of things. If you want to be like that steady, I-built-my-life-on-the-rock-and-on-the-shifting-sand not on the shifting sand kind of person, uh, we take a cue from these folks, and we also lay aside those things. We shed those things and we deal with our sin that's clinging so closely to us, and we run with endurance the race that's set before us. And then, verse 2, you want the real key? Here it is. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Think about, uh, look at verse 2. We talk about this a lot. We sing about it a whole lot. It's a lot of, in a lot of the songs that we do. But like, setting our eyes only on Him, looking to Him. But the rest of the verse, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Alright? Now that's not just talking about Christianity, our faith. It's like, no, the foundation... Of your trust, of your assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things unseen, of you walking into the unknown, believing all those things, the foundation of that is Jesus himself. Like He's provided that for you. And so if you have trust issues with the Lord or with other people or whatever and you really struggle with faith, that's not who you are anymore. Who you are is who Jesus says you are and he's the foundation of your faith. He's founded it. He looked at your life and said, uh, I'm going to start something in your life. And and what do you do when you build a building? Well, you set the form. You set the foundation. He's like, all right, I'm the founder of this. It's my idea. I've built it. Um, It's going to be awesome because I don't make bad things. He's the founder of your faith. It's also said he's the perfecter of that. He's the one that makes your faith more and more and more refined. He's the one that firms it up and solidifies it. So it's not about you trying harder, figuring out the right formula. It's not about this and that and the other. I mean, we, we definitely make the efforts, and we definitely are stewards of what he's called us to do. But he's the one that perfects it. He's the founder of our faith, and he's the perfecter of our faith. He will bring this about in us. There's so many of us that walk around insecure and unsure of ourselves and feeling like, like, oh man, everybody else in my community group has it all figured out. Everybody else at church has this. And if I could just be like this person or whatever. And we end up, I just kind of, you have this like, I hate to call it like spiritual self-esteem, but I just did. And we all kind of like feel like we're like, oh, I'm just not as good as these people or whatever. And it's like, no, Jesus is the founder of your faith. He doesn't mess up. He's the perfecter of your faith. He's not, the, he's not just going to like see what he can do with you, you know. I don't know, i am do the best I can. No, he's the perfector. He's the founder, he's the perfector. and you know what this, look at this, I never thought about this until last night. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Okay, the joy set before him endured the cross. You know what that tells us? That Jesus knows how to live by faith. Jesus knows what it's like to have to rely on the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things unseen. Because he had to do it on the earth. When he lived here, he had to walk by faith and be dependent just like you and I do. Sometimes we tend to think that he, you know, that he kind of like knew everything all the time and whatever, but he humbled his divine nature and lived out of his human nature and so he had to ask the Spirit. What do I do? He had to, separate, like, if this wasn't the case, why would he? Why would he have time where he would get alone with the Father? Why would he pray? Because he humbled himself. And he's like, I, guys, I need some time. I need some quiet time. He had to lean in. He had to listen. He had to ask for guidance. He had to depend on the spirit. He had to walk by faith and not by sight and not by emotion and not by circumstances. He had to walk by faith and not by the fact that he was God. Just like you and I do. So he knows what it's like. And for him, going to the cross for your sin, for my sin, to redeem humanity, that was him walking by faith. It was him trusting what the Father had called him to do. The Father was saying, come on. And the guy was with him out front. The guy was with him next to him. The guy was with him behind him. And his steps of faith are why you and I, as Christians, are here. That he came behind him, and in the wake of the cross, you and I got saved. So Jesus knows how to live by faith, because he had to do it. And now, where, where is he? Seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What's he doing there? He's interceding. He's, he's praying for us. So he is seated, which means that he do not have anything else to do. And I'm not like he's bored. I mean like there's nothing left to be done. I should have said it that way. Nothing left to be done. No more wrath to be in, incurred. No more sin to cover He's done what he had to do. He's taken his rightful place. And what does he choose to do as he's there? He's praying for you. He's praying for me. He's instructing the Spirit on how to lead us and guide us and empower us and correct and warn and encourage and whatever. That's what he's doing. So how do we how do we learn to live a life of faith? Well, here's the here's the bottom line for all of it. You make your life all about him. You just make it all you make it all about Jesus. Your work life is all about him. Your marriage is all about him. Your family life and your kids, it's all about him. School all about him. Roommates all about him. All your friendships, all your everything, everything about your money, everything about your possessions, everything about your vocational calling, everything about your retirement plans, everything about everything about everything, just about him. And when you look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith, keeping in mind that he walked by faith to the cross for you, and now he is seated at the right hand of God praying for you, it's kind of hard to make your life by anything else. And that is the goal. That's, that's what we're going for. It's not about getting through this day or this week or this trial. It's about that moment. It's about standing before him, and he says, "Well done, good and faithful servant. Come in and enjoy the kingdom that's been prepared for you since the foundation of the world." And the whole time, Luke 12:32 being whispered to us, it says, "Fear not, little flock." It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Just keep walking. Big steps, little steps, don't worry about it. Just keep walking. Trust Him. Make your life all about Jesus. That's it. So that brings us, well, to the end of chapter 11 and into chapter 12 a little bit. And I hope that this has been... Challenging and encouraging, and maybe confusing at times. You know, this is the God. This is how God designed us to live, as those who trust. And so when we focus on His goodness and who He is. It's very, very easy to do. When we focus on other things, it's easy to get distracted. And so we're gonna. I'm gonna pray. And we're gonna sing a little bit and uh, just respond to the things that He's stirring in us. Uh, so let's stand together as the band comes back up. Lord God, I, um, I'm i so grateful that, that life is about more than um, what we're going to eat or what we're going to wear. And it's about more than what we do for a living or... Uh, the things we have or don't have. And that's about more than, can I make it through this trial? Can I make it through this difficulty? That all of life is, is simply about you. And what you have done, and what you are doing, and what you will do. And you know, you know how distracted we are. And you know that we uh need your help so much to to look to you as our founder and perfecter. And I ask Lord that uh just for your help for me and for just on behalf of all of us in the different things that we're facing, help us to realize that the, all things are significant because all things are about you. We need your help to shed those fears and concerns and mistrust that we've learned and to walk in the fullness of who we really are. And so as we sing a song or two, Lord, that just really zeroes in on who you are and what you've done, I pray that Our worship through song would really just be indicative of the worship through our lives that we are going to pursue and the things that we desire and the ways we desire to live as one that is simply looking at you and focused on you and running with endurance a race that uh, has already been won because yours is the victory